Hello, everybody. Perfect. Thank you. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Transatlantic Rebels podcast. My name is Jessel, and my co-host is Rochard. This week, we will be talking about my favourite film of 2016. It's called Arrival. So, ladies and gentlemen, this week on the Transatlantic Rebels podcast, uh, we're going to take a little break from our uh, loving of women and the female amazing singers that we've been checking out over the last kind of few and future podcasts, um, just to take a break and do one about what was probably my favourite film. I think, well, actually definitely my favourite film of 2016, um, which is called Arrival. And uh, Rashad, was it one of your favorites of the year? I, I have two categories now from that one. <laughs> I, have, I, have, I, have, uh, I have Marvel and non-Marvel, so I would say it's you my favorite non-Marvel okay. of the year. Okay. Yeah, so non-Marvel, but it's probably my favorite one of the year. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, and, and it's one of those ones where, okay, listen, most obvious thing, there are so many spoilers ahead in this podcast that if you've been warned, basically, you cannot listen to this and then go and watch the film. Just don't even try it. Just go watch the film and then listen to this. Um, it's an incredibly detailed, intelligent, multi-layered science fiction epic that I don't think I've seen a film of this genre that well done for a long, long time. Um, we, we're going to talk about the film, but also about other films within the genre. Um We'll talk about those kind of pepped throughout, probably. Um, but what I will say now is that I don't think that anyone's done this as well as uh, Arrival for a long time. I'm talking decades, probably. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think not, so. Not, yeah. not, not, not even your boy Nolan. Who? Nolan, Christopher Nolan. Not even your boy Christopher Nolan. We'll get. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> don't worry. We'll get to that. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So okay, so arrival. So, <laughs> yeah, that took you. That, that, that knocked you. That knocked you out of you. Or something. Yeah. So so basically, <laughs> the, the the basic premise of it is that um, that you know, twelve alien ships come down and they just position themselves in various places around the world, and uh, and we focus in on the American one, and uh, you've got Amy Adams who is a linguist. And uh, she goes. She gets kind of picked up by the army, who are like, "Look, you need to come and just see if you can figure out what the hell's going on by developing some sort of linguistic base, so that we can in- interact with them properly." And uh, it, it's a, an absolutely fascinating film. Now, I I know a lot of people who saw it and were completely nonplussed by it, and were like, "This is just shit. This just went all over my head. I don't care. It was just boring. I fell asleep. Blah 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 blah." And my I can, friend, I like yeah, I can totally understand that. Um, but it appealed to someone like me on so many levels, and that's why, really, it was my favorite film of 2016. Uh, how about yourself, Rashad? All right, so um, when I when I saw I was excited to see it. I know that my friends were kind of like, my one friend thought it was pretty okay, and then my other friend was like, what's the point? Like, basically. Because here's my thing with that movie, uh, and I'll start with this, because I'm a writer, and I do write, like, sci-fi fantasy. So I was sitting there driving with my friend in the car. I'll tell you a little story about it. Go. So we're so we see the movie and we're driving back. My friend's like, eh, whatever. 
They're driving the car, and he was like, "Why did that movie need aliens in it?" And I, and I, as I explained it, I was like, "Sci-fi writers, when they write about alien technology, they're using like the aliens and the technology for metaphors for for humanity. It's like it's not really about the the spaceships or the tech or the aliens. It's about using those those tropes to kind of like give some insight into the human condition." And yeah. so, and I, I say at least any writer who like well has who has something to say is using it for them. I mean, of course, there's some sci-fi out there where it's like just bang, bang, boom, boom, like Independence Day, which and there's nothing wrong with that at all. But I'm just saying, like any artist, like any artist who has something to something to say about the human condition, which is what art is supposed to be about, is going to use sci-fi and fantasy tropes to um to express something about the human condition in a sense. So those aliens were there to kind of like give you an idea about how we how we feel about how we think about ourselves, our understanding of time and stuff like that. And he was, and then he went back to like, well, it could have just been like a regular drama. I'm like, but the problem sometimes a regular drama you can't have, you can't really explore certain, you can't really explore certain things because you're limited by like very similar to, like you have to stay within like normal parameters. Whereas if you use like fantasy or sci-fi, you can kind of like go off on a tangent to kind of use these symbols to kind of like explain more complicated concepts and I, I and i want to preface it with this like it's a deep film but it it, it i believe is accessible it's, it, it i don't think it if you if you really want to pay attention to it, i think most people will will understand it i don't think it goes over people's heads but i but there's always going to be a group of people where it's like and they're not and it's not because they're it's not because they can't get it it's just that it's not it's just not going to resonate with you like some people re- will never resonate with sci-fi which is why it's niche like especially like hardcore sci-fi like a blade runner or like a something like that it's like a lot of people, there's a group of people who are, it's just never going to like hit them like that. It's the same thing with people, some, some like, like genres like superhero movies and, and fantasy. Some people are just not going to resonate with them. Yeah. But I believe that the majority of people, I think that saw that movie, I think they did respond very well to it. Yeah. And I, I think that's absolutely right. If you're talking about using it in order to explore the humanity and stuff, or, I mean, you know, something like Independence Day does do it on various levels, just in a very different way. Um, obviously not in, in such a deep way. And if your friend's saying, well, look, why did you need aliens? I can understand that too, but there's no other real way around it because you've got flashbacks, flash forwards, you're treating time as a very loose concept. The only way around that really is if she fucking had Alzheimer's or something, basically. I mean, you know, the, what other way have you got? And then even that wouldn't explain everything within the film. Um, the Literally, the only way that you could explain her knowingly undertaking a certain course of action at the end of the film is by her understanding that this is going to happen in the future. Um, I did read, I did read an interesting little thing was like, well, she knows at the beginning and then she, she makes up this entire narrative in her head to detract, to, to distract her from what's actually going on in real life, which again, okay, you could, you could be like that. Okay. That's, that's fine. I could understand that. I could get on board with that. Um, but, then you would really be in what's the point territory for me. If I'd be nah, like, because, you know, yeah, just, because okay, we'll, we'll get into the spoilers and stuff. So basically, she's got like okay. a like a twelve year old daughter or something who who's dying from cancer, uh, or I think it's cancer anyway. And um, yeah, it is. And um, so, if she at that point was like, okay, you know, my daughter's in chemo, blah blah blah, and then she makes up this entire huge gigantic alien narrative in her head maybe to, to distract the daughter from chemo or something like that. I could completely understand that. Um, uh, and, and it would certainly make sense. Um, 
But I think if you're talking on a deeper level, having actual aliens who impart wisdom to her and a different language and a different ideology and a different concept of time, um, I think it, it just... It's difficult to explain because I'm a parent now and... And when I was watching it, I was kind of... It's your own level. It's your own level. It hit me on that level, and but also because I've been ill before. And and so it's kind of like that dual level of being... I've, I've been the sufferer, and now I'm also a parent. So it's kind of like I can look at it on various levels that other people probably can't. Um, and, and thankfully, there are other levels that I can't view it on, thank God, because, you know... and. Um, so, so that's why it kind of really got to me. But also the linguistic aspect, because I, I love language. And, you know, it, the way that they explain all of that is incredible. I, I was fascinated. There was not a single point in this film where I was bored. I was just like hanging there, just like my mouth was wide open. I was thinking, wow, wow. Yeah, I get that. Oh, gosh, go into that even more. And they would go into it. And I was like, shit, they went into it. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, I've only actually seen the film once in the cinema. I haven't actually seen it again. Um, so, so I can understand. I can understand what your friend's saying. Absolutely. But. But I think that it's intelligently done uh, to, to the point where I think I think it they actually they justified everything. They justified every decision they took. Oh yeah, I agree. But obviously, in any science fiction film, you have to buy into it. You know, you can, there's 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 uh, there's an amount of license that you have to give them. You know, this kind of reminds me because I know you don't watch the show, but this was very similar to the last three seasons of Lost, where they started getting to time travel. And it reminded me of, and I'm not going to spoil the end of Lost, but it reminds me how, like, the ending of this was in a way similar to the ending of Lost because there was, there was an understanding of the time you had to have, and some people might have, because people were, because either, because the, the, the way the movie works, it's very slow and it's very, like, methodical. It's, like, very methodical. It's kind of like, it takes its time. It lets itself breathe. There's no explosion or nothing like that. It's just, like, it's a mood piece, basically. Pretty much, there's like moments where like there's no dialogue, and the way that the film is shot is very is shot in grays and dark blues, for the most part. There's not really any color that pops off at the screen. It's still beautifully shot as far as the texture of the the imagery. The texture is beautiful, but as far as like the color, the color is very muted. But it's a beautiful mute as compared to like 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 a grim dark gray. It's not like that at all. It's very like a like a um kind of like wist like a wist like like a wistful memory i guess you could say yeah like it's, it's not diluted but it has a sad tinge to it because there is some sadness involved in it so i think that what happens with that movie at least with the audience i've seen it because people were trying to figure it out as it's walking out i feel like if you if you didn't grasp onto the tone if you didn't like feel the tone and the pace then it would have washed over you i wouldn't say it went over your head I, i'll feel i would argue that it probably walked over most people because I can see somebody watching that movie and they'll get so like, like, like relaxed into it. Like the intricacies will probably like, like wash away from them. Like, okay. Huh? What? You know what I'm to, Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And if you talk about the hue, like for me, the, the kind of hues that I took away from almost like sunset hues, because you've got the sun, you've got her daughter. That's the sunset of her early life, you know? And, uh, and then, when she's interacting with the the alien ship, like kind of walking back and forth, it, it was kind of tinged with this kind of almost from memory. It's kind of like you know reds, basically reds and and oranges and stuff. But then they're also kind of her flashbacks to the lesser times were more kind of greys, and 
it, I don't know. It, it was just, the the tone was right. Put it that way. The cinematography I thought I thought was excellent, um, but but very subtle as well. Very subtle, and and then a lot of it is inside the tent as well. So you've got this kind of claustrophobic darkness there. Um, but it, it was. It was kind of like, okay, you've got aliens, but they're very removed. They're in their spaceship. They never leave. This is not like your traditional, okay, they're going and they're taking over the world and you've got Cloverfield and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. They look you like know. big, they look like hands that are that are pointed down. It's like like finger walking in a way. They're kind of like finger walking. It's kind of like you can't see what the tops are. It's like, because you see that gray, like that, like that, 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 um, that smoky side. It's like that smoky white side. Mm. And you can see it. It's like. It looks like the like if, if your hand is facing like not palms forward but but back forward, it kind of reminds me of like like hands, like in the sense like crawling around, like like not it's, this is gonna sound terrible, but it kind of reminds me of like they're like alien like if you ever seen Animal Family, yeah, you know uh, the thing you know what I'm talking about yeah exactly it's like that except it's like creepier and more alien in a sense. That's what it looked like to me. I also, I, I also think they don't really matter either. I don't think they matter. Yeah. I think it's my friend more. was pissed off about that. He was like, "That's that's all they're giving me." Yeah. He's like, he's like, what? He's like that. Yeah, which I can understand because if you're thinking, well, this is a science fiction film with aliens in it, I want to see some aliens, you know, and I want to see yeah. some this and that. If you're expecting everyone to, you know, gunfire left, right, and center, and, yeah. and he we'll, said, okay, yeah. I, let, me, let me ask this question. Okay, go on. Okay, now you now you've seen the, now you see the promotional material, right? Uh, right? Not really. I barely saw anything, to be honest. My friend's argument was like they were they sold me another movie. Like I was I was sold an alien invasion movie, and what I got was something that wasn't an alien invasion movie. It was something else. He felt like he got sold. He got sold. He got sold a bill of goods, basically. I didn't even see the trailer for the film. Um, I, I've become yeah. quite quite strict about not seeing trailers. Like even though when I saw Rogue One, I did I deliberately didn't watch any trailers for it at all. Um, because if you're saying that that the trailer missold the film, I can imagine that completely. Because obviously the trailer makers have got a job to do. You know, um, they want to in- entice the, the potential viewers in. Um, so, so I just actually went on like the critical scores and the general how much how many people were talking about it on Twitter and stuff. Basically, like you know, like my respected people that you know, I, I kind of think, yeah, they know what they're talking about. Um, so yeah that's what i went on but yeah if your friend again like he might be thinking well look this is what it's going to be and it's nothing like that uh i'm bored <laughs> so, you know like <laughs> he could well have been thinking that yeah okay so what about um what were your kind of most memorable moments from the film um most memorable thing i, I would say first and foremost amy Adams' performance like, she basically carried that movie all the way through, pretty much. I mean, Jeremy Renner did a good job, of course, we did a good job, but that was her movie. I was listening to her, on the way, of, on the way to seeing a movie earlier, um, I was listening to her, my brother was driving, and he had a, like, a sports radio thing on there. And the one guy who made the complaint was like, well, we should have seen more Forrest Whitaker, we needed more Forrest Whitaker. And then I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, that's, the point is not any of those people. Even though Jeremy Renner has a, a specific relationship with Amy Adams' character, it's about her, her reaction to everything. Sometimes I, I, I give a, a slight soapbox. There's just been this weird thing critically going on where it's like, well, we're not give, you're not giving actors enough to do sometimes. Like sometimes minor characters are minor characters. Now you can say that you can make an argument where the, the character wasn't delivered properly, but sometimes a minor character is just a minor character. You know what I'm saying? They're there to serve a specific purpose, purpose to go in and out. I don't understand where this thing came from where every single character in a movie has to be a three-dimensional character. 
Like, I understand if you have a main character and a main character is one-dimensional, I get that part. But I don't understand why every character, every single character in the movie has to be 100% three-dimensional. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think... <sighs> I think some of it comes from political correctness uh, at the moment, where they're like, okay, this is just another story about a white person saving the world, effectively, or, or whatever. Y- you know, it- it's that it's that whole, what's it called, test, where how many kind of non-white actors have are on screen and how many lines they have and all that kind of stuff. I think a lot of people use that now in... <sighs> And, and don't get me wrong, it's, it's justified in most instances. But if you're, talking about, if you're talking about Arrival, that's got nothing to do with anything. This is her story, and she's the key to the whole thing. She's literally the key to the whole thing, because she understands the linguistic side of it, but she understands the humanity of it, because, she, because time is a lie in this film. Then she is able to empathize and then fall in love and then understand and then commit to the linguistics and then there's so many things that she's doing that no one else would even do everyone else is just nervous and thinking okay what's going on what's going on you know the military have obviously got their job to do to protect and then you know the other countries have their own you know russia china this that so she it's a race against time for her and um you know she even breaks the rules at one point doesn't she she just fucking goes in on her own and stuff like that you know and then at one point at one point someone else is you know plants a bomb in the spaceship and stuff like that it's just there's there's a lot going on but really it's her journey it's her she's the one on the voyage of discovery and then ultimately self-discovery and humanity but she has a unique skill set that enables her to be able to be the one who does yes. all this. So it doesn't matter about the other people are just tools to get her there. It's and a character piece. It's a character piece. Yeah, it is. And her, her performance, I kind of like, I don't think it's the kind of thing where I say, Oh, that was an obviously Oscar winning performance. I just think she did. Oh, no. She did. A, she just did a really good job. And she's a really good actress, you know? Um, yes. I don't know if you, have you seen it's a film called the master? No, I've seen that one yet. So that was her and Philip Seymour Hoffman. I've seen, a, I've seen, a, I've seen a lot of movies of her. I've seen enough to know that she's a quality actress. Yeah, she's the quality actress. She really is. I get here's another small soapbox. Sometimes I get annoyed by the whole Oscar thing. Like it's industry, and that's fine. I'm like, but that's not the the Oscar winning performance. That's not what I'm I'm looking for. Like my thing always is. Does that performance fit that that movie? It doesn't necessarily have to be the Oscar winning performance. Like sometimes that's not called for. Like this, like going back to what you're saying, like this is not a, a quote unquote Oscar performance, even though the people are trying to say it. I was like, no, it's just her going through her thing. Basically, it's it's a quiet performance. It's not like you know when we see the Oscar clip, like I'll never do it again. Oh, oh. It's like this is not that. This is not that type of role. This is a naturalistic role, and I think sometimes I think naturalistic roles go against what people look for in an Oscar role. You know what I'm saying? The Oscar role is kind of like you got to make me feel right here, right there, right now, kind of thing like that. Like wow, boom, boom, and there's nothing wrong with that either. But I just feel like hers was kind of like I felt like I felt like with that character, like if she, I could see I could meet her across the street easily, easily I could see that person on the everyday thing like that, like that person. Like I felt like she's she's the every woman, and like I can I can I can understand that. I can even though I'm a male, I can still put myself and relate to her. Like her job as an actress is to, is to make me make me sympathize or empathize with that character, and I think she did a tremendous job on that thing. And it's nothing that she did that was like like mind blown. It's just like she had a controlled, modulated performance, and she hit the beats where the beats are supposed to hit. But the complication in that that role is is that she has to keep in mind the two different time things, and to make sure that that if you watch it a second time, 
you'll see that the stuff that she has in that that, that other time stream and that in, in a time stream that we think that when you when you first watch the movie, you're assuming that all this is going on. It, it, it's like whatever, and she's flashing back. But then you find out it's it's a, it's a degree of transference going on right here, and then it makes sense later on why she's reacting in certain ways. And I think that's really complicated. So I think she couldn't really. You can't really play your hand as an actor too early with something like that because then you're like, okay, I know what it is already. Yeah, uh, I think you're right as well about the naturalistic kind of way. Uh, there's another performance of hers in another, effectively another science fiction film of hers, uh, which is called Her. Now, that's like more of a that. kind of... Have you seen Her before? Yeah, I love Her, yeah. It's one of my favourite films from that year. This is like 2013. and And she was brilliant in that if you're talking about that was one of the most naturalistic performances i've seen in recent memory whereas joaquin phoenix's one is kind of like completely over the top whereas hers was just so grounded in reality um she even the character name is amy in that it's hilarious um and it it was very much like a flip side of that in in certain respects whereas this was obviously you know proper full-on aliens whereas that's kind of a more you know a future that we're kind of closing in on her is um if we if we start maybe expanding it to other films as well um now you were talking about your friend (laughs) mr christopher nolan um interstellar is one of those ones again look we're gonna you know spoilers and blah 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 um well what are your thoughts on interstellar because i've never really talked to you about it okay so no, no, no! I, I, I know where you're gonna go. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to prepare myself. All right, so I'm a Christopher Nolan fan. I love the Dark Knight trilogy. I love Memento. I loved Insomnia, The Prestige, and um, Inception. I enjoyed Interstellar. I get the. You know, I, okay. I'll, I'll say about Interstellar. I feel like Christopher Nolan was trying to go for something. Like I think he, I, I think no, I don't want to say ego because ego's a bad word, but I think he was go, he was going for like the Stanley Kubrick thing, but he tried to do and I and I'll admit this a lot of critics said this I think he was trying to do Stanley Kubrick and Steven Spielberg at the same time where that doesn't work, and I think that if he just stuck to the Stanley Kubrick stuff it came off a little bit better, but I think he tried to push the Spielberg stuff a little bit too hard, I think with that movie I enjoyed it though, but. I can only imagine what you're going to say about that movie. I mean, I, I didn't hate it or anything like that. Okay. Um, it was kind of sold to me by someone who said, look, you know, someone I know really well in love. And they said, look, I, I, I think you'd really like this. You like these kind of films where, you know, it makes you think and, and blah, 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 blah. I was like, okay, fine. Cause I hadn't actually, watched, I don't think I'd watched it in the cinema or anything like that. So I, I think I rented it on iTunes or whatever. And, um, so so basically they were like oh my god when i left the cinema it just, i couldn't stop thinking about it for like weeks on end and it wasn't it amazing blah, blah blah and so i sat there and watched it and it was it was a perfectly good film it was enjoyable um but people kind of overhyped it to to a, a you know again like you said mentioning kubrick and stuff like that is mental like it's nothing like that on that level this is a lot more kind of simplistic complexity you know it's dressing up complexity um 
in a way that I don't think was right at all. Like, it, put it this way: basically, if you talk about Arrival and Interstellar, you could say you could argue that they're companion pieces, but the reality is that Arrival takes its job a lot more seriously and does it a lot better. Interstellar, there's a lot of there's a lot of license. There's the, so you don't think it's all taken seriously? I don't think Interstellar is taken seriously at all. <laughs> to be honest, God, I, I, I don't think so. No, oh, come on. If you, if you if it was within its own universe, you could say yeah, fine. But then when you compare it to something like Arrival, Arrival makes you realise how kind of I don't know. I, I, I don't get me wrong. And again, I'll qualify that by saying I enjoyed watching it, and it it was quote unquote quite clever at times. And the main thing is, that, you know, it, it, I, di- I definitely enjoyed it. I thought there were some strong performances and stuff. But then if you're talking about execution. I just, I just don't think it was. It didn't make me feel a certain way that Arrival felt. Uh, made me feel. So, 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 so let me ask you a question. So, the end of that movie didn't make you feel anything. You felt like you'd be a jerk around. I felt it was very convenient. I thought it was, okay. it was kind of. Arrival almost feels like a sort of like an indie film that's okay. gone to Hollywood, whereas. Interstellar almost feels like Hollywood's trying to do an indie film, like an indie sci-fi film, or or like okay. or trying to hop back to Kubrick too so much. Are, kind are, of thing. Are, you, are you saying that Christopher Nolan's reaches even his grasp? I, I, he's done some amazing things. I think like Inception was again, but and here's the other thing. I think these are the kind of films you can only watch once. Inception, I've only ever watched it once. I, would ne- I have no interest in watching it again. Uh, Interstellar, same sort of thing, because there is a twist at the end. You know, it's not like the kind of you know M Night Shyamalan thing that which is that kind of like obvious, but that it relies on a twist. Whereas Arrival obviously has a twist, absolutely. But the whole film, the whole film doesn't rely on that twist. You could, I could happily okay. watch that again for multiple reasons. Whereas I don't think Insta, I don't think Interstellar is that well layered. I don't think it's like, I don't think it's that deep. I don't think it's like multifaceted, like something. It's all like sur- You think it's all on the surface? Basically, Interstellar is all on the surface. Yeah, it's very much a surface film. Whereas I, now, if I bring in another film, something like Gravity. Now, what did you think of Gravity? I enjoyed. I enjoyed Gravity. I enjoyed it. Like, I, like that's the one right there where, like, I seen it once. I don't need to see it again. Like, that's to me, that's a mood piece. Yeah. Like, that's like a quiet mood piece right there. But that one, I just don't never ever like. As far as the direction, the direction was phenomenal. But I think, like, like I think that's kind of like this like, similar thing. Like when people say gravity's deep, I wouldn't say. Gra- I, I think gravity is emotionally harrowing. I don't think it's particularly like like I, I think Sandra Bullock's performance is excellent. I think that's another thing where it's like I would I, I would say like Amy Adams thing where Sandra Bullock you spend time with this woman in your narrative situation whereas Arrival has more meat to its meat to its plot and more thematic stuff I think Gravity is more like okay you're going to spend an hour and a half with this girl trying to survive the deep the deepness of space and I think it's just that it's it's that mood the mood is a, it, the mood and that feel is a, is a star of that movie whereas on um on um. Arrival, the theme, the theme, and the performances of Star that movie. I would say. I think for me, Gravity has a real visceral thrill to it. When you're, it, it's it's almost like a. Put it this way, I, I think that in about five years' time, when virtual reality starts becoming a lot more prevalent, um, I think Gravity is going to work really well. People are going to watch it, put their little VR headsets on, yeah. and you know, put a pro- proper headphones on and watch Gravity and freak the hell out. And that it will work really well in those instances. You know, 
it was the kind of film where, again, I, I don't think it's a massively deep film, but it. I remember watching it in the cinema and there was one moment I stopped breathing for about 90 seconds. <laughs> so I was literally like just absolutely gripped by it. But, at the same, but on the same token, I realised it wasn't that deep of a film. It was more like designed to make you feel a certain way. Oh, yeah, exactly. So, That's what I was saying, you know, yeah. Which is perfectly valid. That's, it's a completely different aim, you know. So you think it's deeper than Interstellar? In, oh no! Uh, oh no! I don't know. I, I think they've got very different aims. Very different aims. Okay. I think Gravity is, is one of those ones that is, you know, it's always kind of like it's supposed to make you lose your breath. I think that's the point of it. Whereas I think Interstellar is supposed to be like, oh look how clever I am. Oh look, we can tie all these things, but still entertain you, kind of thing. And also, you know, his Matthew McConaughey. And so, so, so basically, so basically, you're saying that certain people were feeling themselves too much in that movie. Is that what you're trying to say? I can understand why Interstellar was a much bigger film than Arrival. Uh, I think it's it's a successful it's film. Probably, it's more of a it's, crowd pleaser. It's yeah, yeah, it's definitely okay, a crowd pleaser. Right, so but it also feels very convenient. It's much more of a convenient film, I think, um, and it's less challenging as well. Did you tear? Did you tear up when when McConaughey was watching his daughter on TV? When that when that when that video? Did I did I cry? I mean, I, I cry, not cry. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm saying. Did you cry, Russia? I think that's what you're trying to tell me. I did not cry. I did not cry. I was like, I was like, damn, that's sad. I was like, wow. Um, I no, I didn't cry at any point during Interstellar. No, no. You, 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 you didn't like. Do you, do you know what? Let, let me let me put it this way. I <laughs> I enjoyed it whilst I was watching the film, and I was like, yeah, this is this is an enjoyable film. Blah 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 blah. And then once I finished i was thinking i kind of like enjoyed it less and less the more i thought about it <laughs> basically the more i thought so about fell, it the more so, i dissected so, so, so it apart, so so, so apart, that's so the opposite apart. of arrival so the more i thought about interstellar and dissected it the less i enjoyed it as as a, okay. a, an entire entity the more i think about arrival and dissect it the more i enjoy it i think okay, so i think me- wow you know so that's the difference all right so so give me another sci-fi movie that you're impressed by like you're impressed um, the obvious one is 2001 Space Odyssey. Oh yeah, that's cheating. Well, is it cheating? Yeah, it's cheating. Um, <laughs> it's clearly cheating. Um, I mean, if you throw, if you, if you, if you say 2001 or you say Blade Runner, you're basically cheating at this point. If you say those two at this point, those are like this, this, like as far as film goes, those are almost like the two seminal ones. Like the ones, if you talk about the ones that are taken the most seriously. By, by by the majority of sci-fi people, you would say it would be those two, like the ones that are like the most adult. And then you got like your Close Encounters, the third kind. You have your um, you got your Stargates. You have your you have your Star Treks. Um, and then you you start talking about those other sci-fi movies, where it's like the Star Wars st- sci-fi stuff. But there's not that many like hardline like 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 adult kind of philosophical sci-fi movies like Arrival or um or a Blade Runner or a 2001 they're very rare like even Aliens which is a sci-fi film is basically a horror it's like it's like it's like it's like a slasher flick it's like a haunted it's, it's like a haunted house slasher flick at least the first Aliens was I mean the second one was more like a um like action adventure but if you're talking about like the cerebral kind of like fancy sci-fi I think the gold standards are still like 2001 and um and Blade Runner, unless you, can, unless you can think of anybody else you could throw in there. Okay, at this point, I think we need to qualify a little bit what 
what we're talking about with sci-fi because science fiction is, is a huge uh, encompassing genre. Um, well, we're talking about cerebral, yeah, cerebral sci-fi. I'm talking about. That's what I'm would you would you include the film like Gattaca? Yeah, I would. I would, I would include Gattaca, and I absolutely yes. love that film. I, I know it's not it's not perfectly executed, but in terms of one of those, ones oh, no, that, yeah. that makes you think, and you, you know we're closing in on that kind of future pretty quickly as well. Um, mm-hmm. I, I absolutely love Gattaca. Um, see, see, I, I think a lot of people think science fiction and they think space, whereas I don't. Yeah, I don't think that automatically is the same sort of thing. You know, you, uh, you, you could name something like Black Mirror, like Black Mirror. Yeah, well, I haven't. Sorry, I haven't actually seen that. Um, oh, you never see, you ever seen any Black Mirror episodes? No, no, nothing. No, not once. I know my brother's seen loads, but I've never seen it. He keeps telling me to watch it. Um, you could, you could say something like, "Okay, have you seen Children Children of Men?" So you could say that. Well, that's science fiction because. Oh yeah, that that that's up there. That is up there. I I th- say, I'd I say that's up there, and and that's actually one of those ones. It's it's like just reached that ten year ten year mark now, and. Um, and people are really starting to reappraise it and think, damn, that actually was pretty on the money. You know, it, it's it's obviously not the, the the whole aspect of children, but there are a lot of other things in it which are really coming true, actually. Um, I don't know. I think there's there's a lot of... Uh, there's, I, I get what you're saying, though. Um, it, it kind of depends on your definition, but also I, I think you're right that so even something like Prometheus, like I didn't actually enjoy Prometheus at all. All when I was watching it in the cinema, I was like, "Oh my god, this is just so boring." I was just so unbelievable. Probably how some people were <laughs> looking at Arrival, I felt that about Prometheus. And then it was about six months ago. I watched it on TV. I was like, "Actually, this isn't as bad as I remembered." It's actually, it's actually not bad. You know, it's not a bad film. I don't think it's great or anything like that. Don't get me wrong, but he, he was tr- he was trying, but he didn't go all the way with it. Yeah, like, he was trying to serve two. He was serve, he was trying to serve two's masters, and he shouldn't have tried to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Stargate is one that I love. I just love that film. I, I know it's quite cheesy in certain respects, but I still love that film. Stargate is so brilliant. It's just hilarious. Like, what, what's what's a sci-fi movie that people praise that you think is overrated? <sighs> um, well, I think Interstellar. Um, I there there are certain films where I think um, I think Prometheus actually was probably overrated. Um, Close Encounters, I really did enjoy it when I was a kid. I don't think it's aged quite so well. Actually, do you know what film I watched recently? How can I forget? Midnight Special, that's it. Have you seen Midnight Special? I have seen Midnight Special. Okay, so I think it only came out like last year or something. And um, that was a really interesting... I thought it was really interesting, but I think the critical praise for it went a bit OTT, like... It, that one that was really that one, that one is quite fascinating but I don't think it's like the best film or anything can I, we go good. off on a slight can we, can we go off on a slight tangent right, for a minute go, there go. yeah okay so okay so we're talking about so we're talking about sci-fi and credits in, in the in the last 10 years I have a theory do you have do, do you think that a lot of the stuff that gets overhyped in your opinion is because like critics are starved for something that's even half decent as far as sci-fi Rather than like your typical quote unquote like like whiz G whiz bang thing, so I guess what happens is when they see something that's like at least like trying to be a little bit more nuanced, they overpraise it. Yeah, there's but there's probably an element of that. Um, I also think that if you're talking about the the impact that TV has had, 
because TV can take something and really go long form on it. Whereas yeah. with film, you're always kind of condensed into, you know, maximum two, two to three hours. Whereas, you know, if you talk about, I'd say Westworld is sci-fi effectively. Uh, I know, you, I know you haven't seen Westworld, so I'm not going to yeah, say any yeah. spoilers or anything like that, but, um, but that, that one is one of those ones where I watched it week by week and, and it actually didn't make that much of an impact on me. But, but if I'd binged watched it, it would have been amazing. I think I actually would have thought, yeah, this is actually really good. Uh, I'd recommend anyone who hasn't watched Westworld um, to, to just sit and watch it in as, as few sessions as you can. Just watch multiple, watch it, just do it. It works a lot better like that. Um, and it's actually a lot better than I gave it credit for it whilst I was watching it. Um, but again, you're talking about something that's like however long, I think it's 10 episodes or 12 episodes, whatever. Like you've got 10 to 12 hours Whereas you've always got like two hours to explain an entire universe, uh, a, a value system, um, you know, the actual science behind stuff. It's difficult to do that in a film. You know, it is pretty difficult. Um, you know, I think that's why George Lucas did such a good job. He explained things really in, in such a great way, but also made it relatable. Um, I, sorry, I know that's not the last 10 years. That's totally cheating. But um, yeah, in terms of the last 10 years, I mean, phew, I don't know, man. I think you're right. I, I think you're right. Rogue One. You haven't seen Rogue One, have you? No, I've seen Rogue One. No. Rogue One, I thought was a pretty good film. I, I definitely okay. enjoyed it. Um, okay. I definitely enjoyed it, actually. Uh, okay. I went to school with one of the guys in it. And um, <sighs> uh, last 10 years, wow, you've really put me on the spot. I'm going to have to include Children and Men, but even though it was 11 years old. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. Um, Children of Man, 10 years, Christ. It's actually really difficult because then you're basically it's talking been, about uh, Arrival, yeah, Interstellar. Yeah. Um, you've got maybe District 9, Moon. Um, Chappie? Which one? Chappie? Chappie. You never heard of Chappie? Chappie. Chappie? You never heard of Chappie? <laughs> I don't know what you You never heard of Chappie? Chappie. <laughs> no. It sounds like a dog movie. Wow. The guy who directed the, the, the guy who directed District Nine. Yeah. And you know Elysium? You see Elysium? No. Okay, so he, he directed Elysium starring um, Matt Damon, which basically is like the poor people are on Earth and then like the rest of the rich people are like on a satellite up there. And Matt Damon has to go up from one of the four people to get it, and then the District Nine guy directed Chappie, which is about like a like like a, like two like two different scientists are making robots trying to prove for a corporation, and the one guy made this robot named Chappie, and Chappie had a soul. So, and they had you know the band you know the group the Ant Word. No. <laughs> okay. Wow. Wow. Oh my god! Oh, sorry, I just googled this. I had no idea what you were talking. It's even got Dev Patel in it. Bloody hell! That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Hugh Jackman's in it. Scorny Weaver's in it. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, that's funny, man. If you could see my face right now. Wow! <laughs> you, you, thought, you thought I was trolling you or something? No, yeah, I was, I was like, I was like, what are you talking about? I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. Wow, yeah, l- l- literally never heard. Okay, Chappie, C H A P P I E. Yeah, no idea, never heard of it. <laughs> I thought I was trolling. Yeah, I really did. I, I actually thought you were winding me up. Um, okay, fair enough. 
Um, That's great. So no, right, no, so I've not seen that film clearly. Uh, Avatar, right, so Avatar yeah, was in the last ten years, right? So um, yeah, yeah, Avatar. Yeah. I I enjoyed Avatar. Yeah. I have to admit. Um, yeah, I love. I love. I I, I I enjoyed the world building. I think like I'll tell you what I thought about Avatar. I enjoyed the world building. The script was about as strong as the original script for Star Wars. Some, <laughs> like, some, some people, I have to defend Avatar reception because people are hypocrites. Because that Star Wars script, if you read that Star Wars script without those actors doing it and without the directors stuff like that, that's a terrible script because oh, it's yeah. a B movie script. Yeah. Same thing with Avatar. The only thing that Avatar doesn't have that Star Wars did. The, the one thing that Avatar has, the one thing that Avatar does as well as Star Wars is the world building. The one thing that Avatar doesn't have as well as Star Wars is the iconic characters. So I think that's Avatar's main problem. So, uh, you know, I'll give Zoe Saldana, you know, I'll give Zoe Saldana her, her, her credit for Natiri. Sam Worthington, he was like, huh? I think what happened with Avatar is is that he didn't capitalize on making sequels right away. So that's why it kind of like drifted off yeah. the public consciousness. I feel like, because people shit on Avatar a lot, I'm going to defend it for five seconds. The, re- the two reasons why Avatar is not as public as it should be, like as popular as it should be, is because A, James Cameron didn't saturate the market with action figures and shit. He just didn't. There was no saturation of like Avatar shit all around. And then number two is that the movie didn't come out, the sequel didn't come out right away or whatever like that. So I don't, so when people argue like, well, it didn't hit the, it didn't, it didn't hit the public consciousness like that. I was like, if they would have stayed on top of it, it could have, I argue. Not as big as Star Wars, like Star Wars, nothing's ever going to touch Star Wars. This is just not going to happen. But, um, as far as like the public consciousness, but it's like that. But I thought the world building was 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 phenomenal. As far as like a, like a naturalist kind of movie, I thought that was freaking phenomenal. The level of detail that went to that. I remember I, I remember I came out of Avatar, and I said to myself, "I'm like I'm so scared about what the, the sequel is going to be. Like if he's if he's able to do this with one movie, now imagine there's another movie he hasn't, he hasn't explained shit to anybody anymore, and just be able to go off the deep end with some sci-fi shit. I think it's going to be incredible. And I, he has other people writing it for him now. He's not even writing it. He has like these like like writers writing this stuff for him, so it should be interesting. But I would argue, Avatar two has a shot if he does it. Because I don't know if you ever read the original uh, script treatment for Avatar. No, because it was more, it was way more darker than how the movie came out. I think the more money they gave to him, the more he kind of like toned down. It was like one situation where there was a cook that had his own avatar, and his avatar died. So when his avatar died, like he was depressed. He wind up killing himself. I was like, and it was like that kind of sci-fi. And I guess the more expensive it became, the more that James Cameron kind of compromised the vision, kind of get it out there, kind of thing like that. But it was darker. If you ever chance, if you ever have a chance to look at the original script of the, the script treatment of Avatar, it's a totally different movie. It's the it's the kind of sci-fi that if that movie was allowed to be made the way that script was, I think it would have been. I, I think it would have been like whoo way like that but I just want to throw that out there for you for you for you listener take a look at that okay so before I forget because you were saying things that were kind of firing memories in my synapses and stuff firing so okay and um, so okay so there's three films I'd say Wally the Pixar one was I I think it was actually really good Um, I think Her because I'm going to count that as science fiction because oh yeah that is sci-fi it is right and um fuck what was the third one? Oh, mad max that's it okay <laughs> uh, fury, fury road yeah fury road because i i think i mean we can count that as science fiction right yeah you can count the original mad max certainly as science fiction oh yeah you count that too yeah 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 but 
I think Mad Max Fury Road for me was an unbelievable thrill to. I watched that in a practically empty film theater, and it was still unbelievable to watch. I was just like absolutely enthralled. Um, I I don't know how well that will trend. I haven't watched it since. I don't know if if which I, one, which one, which what Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, others about the original. Man. No, no. I mean, I've I've seen all the original Mad Maxes, but that was when I was a kid. Um, I haven't watched Fury Road since I saw it in the cinema, but I thought that was that was really amazing. And her and what was the other one said Wally. Wally, I think is actually an incredible film. Um, so there's there's kind of odd ones here and there over the last decade, and I know I'm like being harsh on Interstellar and stuff, but it's still an enjoyable film. You know, it's still an enjoyable sci-fi film. Um, so I think there's probably you're averaging like maybe one a year or something where it's actually kind of I think it's got various layers to it and stuff. But otherwise, I th- I don't know. I think you're talking. They don't have it as often as they should. Those those cerebral ones. Well, you're talking about the Marvel universe, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's pure fantasy to me. Yeah, like they've been they've they've been science, but like but crazy. but they're still kind of it's had an impact on things because okay that's that's oh, not yeah. like science fiction that's more superhero if you if you're going to kind of like yeah. compartmentalize things, but it still had a massive impact just like Star Wars had a massive knock on effect for loads of other. Oh films yeah, in yeah. Hollywood's trying to chase that golden goose, but it's not yeah. So so maybe something like that's had because. You know, if you're looking at it, like Iron Man came out in 2008, and since then they've gone on this crazy run, and it's going to continue a while. <laughs> you know, we've discussed it in a previous podcast. So, if you're talking about sci-fi films in their own independent right, then they're still getting made. You know, something like District Nine was a kind of cult little hit and stuff like that, and yeah. probably crept above cult. Uh, Moon was probably more cult. Um, no, yeah, I think it's probably more going to TV now than anything. Like, yeah. say, Black Mirror stuff. Okay. Like, a lot of the more bold, daring stuff, because they have more time to kind of, like, work on stuff. Rather than being to the demands of, like, the, the multiplex. You know what I'm saying? I think sci-fi is, like, kind of, like, like or fantasy, like like, you, like we were talking about before. Like, I think they have more time to breathe and, like, really explore those, like, uh, like those themes or whatever. But, 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 but going back to what we're talking about with Arrival, I, Arrival says you can still do that in two and a half hours. Yeah. You can still pull those ideals off, so there's really no excuse. At the end of the day. But I think Arrival's an anomaly. I, I, I think it's that good a film that I don't think it's one of those. I'm not. I'm not going to say okay. It's it's the level of 2001: Space Odyssey because that was just a different era. I mean, that you're talking. Oh yeah. Is that when is that going to be 50 years old, or has it already crossed that? You know. I think it's 76 or 76, 77, 78. I think it's 76. I think Star Wars came out the year after that. I think it did. Okay. Um, but but basically. Like what you were saying about Avatar, I think you're right. Like the world building in Avatar is amazing, but that was like a three-hour film. You know, they took their time properly and did it. You know, um, and again, I, I think you're right. It's a shame that was no, that was 1968. So next year, it's going to turn oh, 50. That film, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. What the hell? Why would I think it's 70s? Jesus no. Christ! My God, what, the, I should be shot for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, God, man, that's going to be 50 years old. Well, that's the point. Is you're saying that look, that's the gold standard, mm-hmm. and people have had fifty years to catch up to that gold standard. And, and the closest that came to it was Blade Runner. Yeah, I don't know. Blade Runner is so wildly different. Um, I mean, no, I'm talking about, I'm talking about like as far as like you. Are you just talking when, in, in general, say, kind of like when people talk about the standards, like we talk about the standards of cinema sci-fi. Like usually, those two will always come up in a conversation, most likely. 
nine times out of ten, if you talk about if people say, okay, what's what's some serious sci-fi that came to the multiplexes in the cinema? Most of the time, people will bring at least those, those at least those two will come up in a discussion yeah. by anybody who's knowledgeable about like like film up to this point. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. Like you talk about land, if you talk about landmark science fiction classics, like those two will most likely come up. There are other ones like you know War of the World and stuff, uh, War of the World and stuff like that, but uh, and Minority Report and but on a level, but on a caliber. My argument is, but on a but would they be would Minority Report be brought up as much as Space Odyssey and Labor? Yeah, no, I'm not talking about in terms of. Uh, sorry, I just went off on a random tangent. Then uh, no, I think you're absolutely oh, right. Okay, yeah, it. I think you're absolutely gotcha. right. You have got 2001, Blade Runner, a few others, and stuff like that. Then it gets more kind of, you know, personal. Opinion. Yeah, yeah like, so subjective and stuff. Yeah. yeah, um but it's, it's weird. It's weird. Crazy. Yeah, sorry. sorry, it's fifty. It's almost fifty years old now. Two thousand one <laughs> Space Odyssey. That's nuts, man. Mm-hmm. Sorry, what were you going to say? Go on. I'm just. I've gone off no, on. I, 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 I kind of lost. Yeah. It. I lost it now. Um. Well, I mean. I, I, I'm not going to say arrivals at that level yet because you can only tell you over time. time. Yeah, you've yeah. you got to give it time. And I think it's a very different film anyway. Um, the, oh, yeah. I mean, if if we can, maybe if we just start to wrap it up now. Um, oh, yeah, so let me ask you a question. Okay, okay go on. I can wrap it go up on. this one. Okay, so the director of Arrival, Denis Villeneuve. Speaking of Blade Runner, he's directing the next Blade Runner movie. Really? Yes. Ah. So, so is that intri- does that intrigue you? Yeah, it does. I was I was actually when you were talking about Blade Runner, I was thinking, please God, don't let there be some sort of stupid sequel starring Colin Farrell or something like that. No, it's a it's a it's a um, Ryan Gosling and Harrison Ford's in it. I, I'll send you I'll send you the trailer later because the tra- there's a, there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, you said you don't watch trailers, so I don't know. yeah, I, I've, but, I've um, quit. But it's oh shit. So okay, so it's Dennis Villeneuve is directing yeah. it, and it's out this year. Yes. Wow. Interesting. And he directed. And he he directed just to give people an idea of who he directed. He directed Sicario. He directed Prisoners. So he's on a, he's on a, a run right now. Okay. Um. Okay. So. Yeah. No. No. I'd definitely be interested in Blade Runner. Definitely. Mm. Now that I've seen what he can do with the rival, then that you try, you that comforts that me. One. Yeah. A bit. Yeah. I mean, you never know. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, you never know, but but you're a lot more trusting now. You know, I'm more interesting now because you see what he could do with that. You like? Did you like Sicario? Um, I did like Sicario. Actually, I did. I didn't think it was like the greatest film ever, but I did. I definitely liked it. Um, it was yeah. It, it was a good film. Definitely, it was well made. Um, the other thing I'd caveat with Blade Runner is that I, I. I I definitely like it and appreciate it and, and hold it, you know, as like a gold standard. Um, it's not one of those ones that I repeat watch. It's not like one of my favorite films that I always return to. So anything that comes this year, I'll be like, yeah, okay, that's great. I'll happily just go watch it without baggage. So I'm, I'm quite lucky like that in a way with Blade Runner. Um, if it was like 2001 Space Odyssey, I'd be like, I'd have plenty of baggage like with me in the cinema. Um, like 2010? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, because there was already like this, this sort of. Well, it was kind of a sequel, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Did Kubrick didn't do that though? Did he? No, he didn't. No, do that. I remember. See, I never even bothered watching that. Oh no, maybe I did, and <laughs> it was that bad. I can't. I can't remember. I, I think you're good. It's not bad. But no, not bad, not but just like not kind of right kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I don't have that baggage with Blade Runner, so I should be all right. I should just be happy, happily be able to go into that just to just enjoy it on its own merit. Um, gotcha. Okay, so bringing it back to Arrival, I think. I think it's going to take time for people to sort of discover. Like, it's not even out on DVD or iTunes yet. Is no, it? no. Probably not until February. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because I think what yeah, I probably watched it in November or something. Yeah, you're right. Probably February, March, maybe Oscar season. How do you think? Okay, do you think it'll be kind of like an Oscar contender or anything like that? They're pushing it. They're pushing for it. Okay. Like to me, I I, I kind of have a harsh opinion the Oscars, but yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I, play devil's advocate. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna moonwalk and do pretend <laughs> for sure for a moment. Okay. So um, they're gonna push it. They're gonna push Amy Adams at least. They're gonna push Amy Adams. They're gonna push Denis Villeneuve. He's the new golden boy. They're calling him the new. No- People are calling him the new Nolan, pretty much. Like that new guy that you gotta see all of his movies, pretty much. So they're gonna they, Hollywood's going Hollywood always has an agenda to push certain directors. So I think they're gonna push him, and they're gonna push Amy Adams. I, best picture is a wild card. It's gonna be that way. But I do know they're gonna push him for best director and Amy Adams for for best actress. That's not that's not even a question right there. Yeah, I mean, in, in terms of the Oscars, you, you know, I enjoy the Oscars on a very superficial level, but I, I completely don't think they pick the right thing you know all the time and stuff even even in you know like what's the face um what's her name the one who did room um she won best actress uh alison um, brie um, brie larson brie larson, larson. sorry brie larson yeah. um you, you know when i watched room i was like how the hell did she actually win the oscar for this like it's perfectly good performance and i loved the film book everything but i was like no this isn't in no way was this like a, a quote-unquote oscar-winning performance i didn't think but then, oh, really? yeah. But then I could also say that about the Revenant. I thought the Revenant was was a good film, thrilling, blah blah blah. But I don't think it was like, you know, I don't know. It's difficult though. But it, but it's so subjective. A lot of it is so subjective. And this is why. And this is why I, I hate awards when it comes to art because it doesn't. It's so subjective. There's, yeah. It's impossible. If the Oscars, but it's not going to work this way because Westerners are going to be Westerners. Everything's got to be a fucking competition. Rather than rather than having a fucking competition, just show the. The, what, what people, what the majority of people consider the best of that year, and just have like a celebration of it, yeah. rather than okay, who's better, who's this and that. I'd much rather be that way as an artist. But this whole competition bullshit, I'm like, nah, man. It, it goes to the point you're talking about. You, I, I, I sometimes I'm like, I'm like, you can't. This is this is not quantifiable. You can't you can't qualify like this. No. You can't. This, there's no way to do that. You consider okay, these are the performances that that are, are like the best of this year, and say okay, it was like Joe Schmo, Joey. Peter, Paul, and Tom, and just have those people's like performance up there and show it to the show it to the world on the world stage and go, okay, these are the guys you probably check out rather than going, okay, who's gonna win this and that? Because people are basically in it. Because this is what happens with the Oscars. Nobody really gives a shit about who's really the best. Everybody's rooting for the one they want to win. Nobody gives a shit about who's the actual the the, the quote unquote best one. It's like this is the one I thought was the best. Now I want to watch to see if my best one wins. Because all of a sudden he got robbed. I'm like, what do you get robbed for? He did a fucking performance. Who's robbing him? Who's robbing? I don't understand this shit. He got a job. He got paid. Who robbed him? Tell me. Who? I don't get it. <laughs> Ooh, hang on, hang on a sec. Just, just to give it some. There is, there is a definite financial boost to winning the Oscars. Oh, I know. There, there is a definite. There's a quantifiable listen, boost to like, that. Like no, you can put I, that I'm into whole cold, cold figures and stuff, you know. But but no, I, but I understand. I, I understand exactly what you're saying. The only thing I do like about the Oscars is that, especially now they've bumped up the amount of like best film category. 
is that it at least highlights various films and people, you know, kind of feel a bit better. Oh, I've seen these Oscar nominated films, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Something like Spotlight. You know, you loved Spotlight, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people would have cared two shits about it um, until it was nominated for Oscar. And then they went and just, you know, probably torrented it and watched it or whatever or thought, yeah, yeah, like, you know, or by the time it comes out on TV, it's definitely that's one that I think will be perfect for TV. Um so so fair enough, things like that. You know, but but then you look back at it and think, well, something like Argo. Argo won the best Oscar, didn't it? And like now people look back on it and probably cringe quite a lot at that film, you know? I do. It's like it's like crash it's like crash. Like the year oh god that film. <laughs> oh god That film. You see, do you know what? Wait, we go, do you know what? Wait, wait, wait. Go, when you mentioned before, before Crash, go, you yeah. go on, okay, go on. Before we go, tell me tell me what your experience was when you first saw Crash. I basically wished I was watching the other crash film, the one where where people deliberately crash their cars and then have sex in them. Yeah, that was like I was like that was an actual film. That, so you didn't drink the Kool Aid from day one. Oh no! I, do you know? Actually, do you know what? I'm going to be I'm going to be completely honest. This isn't me with revisionist history trying to be like some clever ass. I remember I was in a packed cinema <laughs> watching that film Crash, and at the end, there's like this twist and stuff and everything ties up in the neatest of bows yeah and when that happened there was me and another guy in this packed cinema and you got people in floods of tears gasping blah 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 me and this other guy started laughing our heads off. we were literally just laughing at how stupid it was me and this other guy random i don't know who he was we were both just cracking up this is the stupidest film ever yeah i know it's not the stupidest film ever fine fair enough but we were just like absolutely incredulous at this film and 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 that's the kind of thing where I'm like, okay, now Oscars are very political, so the Grammys, all these kind of things. Th- these are oh, these yeah. are more about you know political pushes for trophies so that they can convert it into cash and respect and yeah. career trajectory. And that's fine. Do what you want. I think I think you're right. You know that it would be much nicer if they just said, look, here's a selection of what we think. But but then would people pay attention to it? People are competitive of by nature. Not. They like the drama. They like the bullshit. Yeah. They like the dresses. They like the speeches. They like the. I'm not putting myself above that, anybody because yeah. God knows I'm not above anybody. I'm just saying, like, just for me as an artist, I looked at them like, why are we doing this? I used to, I used to not, yo. I remember when I was in when I was in college, I used to hate coming up to curtain call. I fought, when I was when I was president of theater club, I refused to do curtain call. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck is up with this adoration? I, yo, I was a purist, dog. I was like, what the fuck is this? like like the fucking work? I was so young and naive. I, I like I like. I still kind of have that in me a little bit, but I'm more mature about it now. But I was like, I remember the first time I actually came out to a curtain call, people were like shocked. Like, you came out to a curtain call? Like, they was like, it was my thing. I just did not come out to them. I was like, I'm not doing this. Like, as long as I'm running this club, I'm not coming out to this shit. The work is what matters. Not this, this adoration bullshit. I was like, Dad. <laughs> <sighs> it was the worst, man. I was, I was, oh my God. I want to smack that kid. But anyway, that's a little aside right there. I'm, I'm better now. I used to hate it. I was like, I, I just never understood. Like, I was like, I always believe like the work is what matters. If what matters to me as an artist is is if somebody, I'm not gonna be able to resonate with everybody, but if somebody resonates with something I create and it and it gives them some kind of like, and it's not even about me because it's about like whatever experiences I had, I put out on that paper, and when it goes out there, it's not even about me anymore. It's about how that person reacts to that piece of art, and if my if something I write. And it's not even about me. I'm not saying like, oh, I made that person feel that way. If some of my wrote my experiences come out and I give it to a, and a person picks it up or reads it or, or watches it and they get something from out of it, 
and he gets some kind of like epiphany or something like that, then I'm thankful for that. Like, that's the best award possible. reward possible. I think that's what every artist should want. But sometimes when the Oscars kind of like, like with, with the mainstream, it kind of hurts that because now you're trying to make it seem like a competition where, where it shouldn't. It should be a celebration of these are the things that connect us all as people on a mainstream level. Rather than say, like, okay, this is the best, and that's the best, and it's got to be the best, and that's got to be the best. I'm like, because I'm not gonna get political, but part of it, I, I, I'm gonna leave it at that. The best, there's something wrong with somebody always wanting to be the best. I'll just leave it at that. But other than that, I just hate. I think that's not good with art sometimes. But I get the whole entire thing where it's like, it's it's a commercial for it's a commercial for the industry. Okay, this is the best. Now go buy it. Yeah, I mean it's the movie business and the film yeah. industry and the you know mm-hmm. the, the the politics, the whole campaign. Like you, you got to campaign. You're forced to. You're you as an artist are forced to campaign for a, 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 a Oscar. It's like you're forced to take your time out of your busy schedule to like okay now I got to campaign for this shit. Yeah. That the, the the best reward for me to, is to have another job. Just to be a, a working artist is a miracle in itself, man. Considering how many people are trying to be working artists, mm, oh my god! Yeah. To be able to support yourself as an artist, the odds are slim. It's got nothing to do. With, it, it got nothing to do the quality of work. It's like timing, who you know, luck, and then you. Got, if you're prepared for that point, preparation is important. Don't get me wrong, and, and learning your skill is important too. But there's also like timing and all that stuff, shit like that. That's the stuff they forget. They don't tell you sometimes. There's so many talented waitresses right and waiters out there right now. So there you go. That's a little that's a little tip from an ex actor. <laughs> Very true. Okay, well, I think we should probably wrap it up now. Yeah. Um okay, well yeah, we'll be back to um I think we'll probably be back to the, the female singing vibe that we're on right now and enjoying. But that was a lovely aside. Uh it was really fun talking about sci fi films actually. Um, yeah. yeah, I've done that for a long time. It's good too. And uh, don't forget, if you want to retweet all the all the praise, and you go for it, man. I know Rashad doesn't do curtain calls, but I do. So you just feel free to retweet the hell out of us. <laughs> all right, peace. All right, peace.